Hello and welcome to another episode of The Trading Desk. Today we're doing a special episode and possibly uh, the first of many episodes, which is audio only. So this is a Trading Desk podcast edition. So if you're listening to us, you must be listening to us on iTunes. Uh, and as always, my name is Joshua Thanos, at Mr. Thanos on Instagram, and my uh, my co-host, my life partner, the uh, my partner in time, Hey Jason. guys, how you doing? Jason Main. Jason Main here. Great to have uh, all of our listeners, rather, our viewers back. Hope uh, hope you guys enjoy some new content. Again, Evo underscore watches on Instagram. Uh, it's been a while, Josh. Glad we're uh, we're trying something new. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I think uh, we've we've been uh, getting a lot of requests, uh, finding out when we're going to be back on camera. It doesn't look like that's going to work out. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll explain it in a few seconds, but um, at first, we're going to do our first audio-only wrist check. So, Jason, what do you got in the wrist? Well, I am wearing a uh, Brutal Forcey. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am wearing, I am wearing uh, my 114060 uh, oh. non-date ceramic sub. Uh, haven't worn it in a little while. Been wearing the hell out of my uh, Octo Finissimo, so... Took the sub out this morning, set it, put it on my wrist, uh, instantly remembered why I love this watch, and uh, it seems to happen every time. Um, just a good, solid, you know, fundamental watch for a collection. Wow, nice, nice, man. That's fantastic. I remember yeah. when you got that watch. You've had it for what, almost two years now, right? Uh, a little, almost three now. Oh, wow, almost three years. Yeah, actually, yeah. so it's funny. I, I put my name down on my local AD here in, in uh, Florida, and I got, a, uh, I got a text message the other day from her asking me hey the watch that you wanted was the no date sub right and i go yeah she goes okay uh let me let me see if i can get you one i'm like okay i put this in last last year right and every once in a while i get like a random text and then she just replies back sorry can't get it like, well thanks for the tease <laughs> i was like oh wow i was yeah. getting ready i was getting ready to to get i literally have the cash in my yeah. in the house like the you know just the, counting the $8, out the hundreds making Seriously. sure it's ready Right, I have that. Or actually, I was I was thick. I was playing role playing in my head the the conversation, like asking if they have financing or should I pay cash? How are we gonna do it? How can I avoid tax? All that stuff. And uh, then she replies back, "Sorry, can't get it." I'm like, "Well, thanks for the tease. Like, why even reach out?" But well, um, yeah. I, well, so I mean, you. I think you've seen the the really the only Rolex in my collection right now um, is my. I have an Explorer two forty two millimeter black dial that has been getting a lot of wear, though that is not on my wrist today. Uh, and I think you might know what's on my wrist today. It's uh, the newest acquisition in the watch uh, collection, and that is my Helio Seaforth. And this is the Seafoam Blue Dial, and this is the first gen. If you guys are familiar with Helios, it's a brand, uh, a micro brand out of um, Canada, and uh, very, very small runs of watches. He, all of his watches sell out. Um, uh, like they pre-order, they sell out. I think his name is Jason Lim, the watchmaker, and he started this brand some time ago. And I, uh, this is the, my second go around with this exact same watch. I had this watch, I bought it, and I actually sold it to a friend of mine, um, like not really understanding what it was or not really caring. And then as soon as I sold it, I felt regret. Um, so finally, I yeah. found one on eBay. Uh, yeah, you and I both know the. Uh, actually, well, we can be you honest. Had, it's you had uh, to track down a second one. That's right. Well, because I sold it to the Jordan Identity, our good friend, the Jordan Identity. So he, I sold it to him, and I asked him if I could buy it back. And then he, he kept skirting the issue, and finally he tells me, "Hey, listen, man, I traded that watch for another Helios that I like better, and I was so disappointed. I'm like, crap." So I found, I went on eBay, and I got a deal on this one, and I've been wearing this. I bought I, this watch. So today's Thursday. Um, today's actually what Thursday, March fifth. Is that that's the day yes. today? So I've got this watch uh, arrived on Tuesday. Um, and I've been wearing it every day since I put it on a, um, uh, what, what type of strap is this? You gave me the strap, the one I had on. What's the brand? Uh, oh, yeah, a Barton band. I have it on a blue Barton band oh, strap. Yeah. We love yeah. our friends at Barton bands. I have yeah. 10 or 15 of those straps. Yeah, they, they're the best. Like, they fit on every watch, and they're always comfortable and everything. So I put this on my Barton band strap. This was my Wet Watch Wednesday watch, but I'm obsessed with it. I mean, there's no brands. Like, what brands are making, like, a seafoam blue dial, right? No, it's cool, yeah. It's I mean, a cool watch. I, I, I know that, you know, they, they're, they have a pretty good following. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's there's a ton of guys that have a few of them. Mm-hmm. And they do pretty well uh, on the secondary market. Like, I, I, what's that watch bring? Like, close to $1,000? Right. Well, it's it was listed. Uh, the asking price on eBay was 1250 I believe it was a, a $675 retail price. So, like, they're all selling over list. I think he, I think he only does, like, 50 watches at each run. 
So he'll he'll right. make a new design, he'll publish it on the website, they all sell out immediately, and then he deliver it takes some months to deliver them. And uh, this one I think is is it 42 millimeter? Hold on, let me pull up some stats on this watch. Um, but this is the first gen, which is honestly it's the only one I like. I don't really I, I'm not a huge fan of all the the different bezel combinations that he puts together on these. But um, I mean the watch is. I don't know. It's perfect for me, man. It's it, it feels fantastic yeah, I mean, on the like wrist. A, for like a sub thousand dollar automatic kind of beater watch, like mm -hmm. you could go with something like that. That's a micro run, or you can end up picking up, you know, like an Aquas, or an, uh, you yeah. know, call it like a Diver sixty five or something like that, which are also great watches. But mm -hmm. you know, if you wanted something that's a little bit different and uh, not mass produced, it's a cool alternative. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's that's happening with me in terms of my collecting is that like I'm getting more and more into like the story of the brand, right? So like. Yeah, the Aquas is great. That was actually I've had an Aquas. I know you have or had Aquas, and and there's you know there's a lot of cool. You could buy a Maurice Lacroix. You could buy a Longines. You know, all in the same price point. But like when I look at it, and I really want to get into something cool. It's like, why not get into a watch that I know has a little bit of a story? I, maybe I can be in touch. Like I now the uh, um, what do you call it? The uh, their Instagram follows me because I post it, and I've been texting back and forth with the uh, with I, who I assume is the owner of the brand. So like. That kind of stuff where I can actually have like a connection with the watch, and it's—I sure. mean—it's just as well made as, as anything that you're going to get from any of these uh, lo much larger brands. I mean, so put it in perspective, Helios makes whatever, say it's a, at most a few hundred watches a year, probably less, uh, and you could, or you could buy a Longines, and they make how many, Jason? What is it, fifteen thousand a day? Seven thousand watches per day. 7, a day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah, it could be a hundred thousand a day. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> What's cool though is they sell them all. Apparently. Yeah, they do. Yeah, we we don't no, we haven't seen any closeouts of those. So, but all right. So that's what's on the wrist. Jason's wearing his Rolex. I'm wearing the Halio. So uh, maybe I'll put my Rolex in tomorrow, and and hopefully I'll get a call f uh, eventually from the AD, and then the answer will be yes. We Asking have the watch you, in. Right. Yeah. No, she's gonna ask you if you wanted a blue dot sky dweller, and you say yes, and then she'll <laughs> yeah. call you back and say sorry. Well, so but, I uh, I've been offered a two tone forty three C dweller recently, and what else? She just she just offered me something yeah, that else watches, too. I was just uh, in King of Prussia up here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, King of Prussia Mall, walking through Torno, uh -huh. uh, as I do. You know, you got to kind of hit the watch shops. Sure. And um, there was a two-tone 43 in the window. Yeah. Uh, there was a white gold Date 8 Prezi green dial, which is actually mm. one of my favorite precious metal pieces. And it's amazing. a rose gold green dial in the window. Oh, wow. And they also had a... Uh, full yellow gold uh blue sub huh. so all right so are, watches are starting to become yeah. a little bit more available yeah i mean i think that's I mean, you're seeing that the higher precious metal pieces you know which we knew we're we're going to kind of start to see first i also have been offered quite a few root beers uh lately so i think those are starting Funny. to deliver a little bit you, you know what you're absolutely right i think i've gotten probably about th uh four or five different inquiries about people offering root beers in the last in the last few weeks so that's funny you say that because uh yeah, that's one thing. If you guys don't really know, Jason and I, I, you know, I work remotely now for the most part from Florida, so I'm a little bit more removed from the floor, so I don't get to see, you know, what off what our watches are offered to everybody, only to me. So that's interesting to hear. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the root beers, which I like that watch too. I was kind of considering that. Um, but I, you know what we're seeing, in my opinion, and, and I tend to be kind of an optimist about a lot of these things, but I see we're seeing like a more of a normalization, which is what we wanted to see anyways. Like, Five years ago, before every Rolex was over list, you know, you could uh, the watches that were always in the in the window were two tone in the precious metals, and then the steel watches would pop up here and there, like like maybe some of the ones that were not as widely uh, uh, in in such demand. So like some of the larger, like the forty four C dollar and things like that. But I like to see that that kind of thing. I like to see that there's a two tone, you know, forty three C dollar in the case. That, that means things are starting to normalize a little bit. I, I don't see that. You know, as soon as you see a ceramic Daytona in the case, then hey, listen, you know, maybe we got some problems in terms of <laughs> demand on, on Swiss really watches. Lucky. Yeah. You got really lucky, and you buy it as, as quick as humanly possible. Yeah, nobody's but, that lucky, dude. Have you have you yeah. watched the, the McMillions uh, uh, we, Netflix show or, or on HBO? Have you seen that yet? You know what I'm talking about. No. So that's it, it, just quickly. That's a uh, it's a show about how the um, you know the Monopoly game from. Uh, uh, from McDonald's that went on for I don't know 10, 15 yeah. years. So that was that was rigged 100 percent for about 15 years. That's what the entire thing was about. So oh, wow. 
all the all the hundred thousand or fifty thousand or twenty five thousand and up prizes all were rigged for for I think nineteen eighty nine to two thousand one I think was the timeline. So so if you can, if you if somebody tells you a story that they walked into an AD and got a, a Daytona at list, yeah, it's more it's more likely a McMillian story than it is uh, somebody just getting lucky. <laughs> yeah, maybe you you walk into that one guy who had a really bad morning and put it out by accident. Yeah, right. And yeah. Then, well, no no know, chance you walk out with that one. I will, that I one. will light this store on fire if you do not sell that watch to me. Well, that, that, that watch is, that store is getting lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all but, right, uh, cool, man. So, well, uh, let's, um, let's do a little catching up. So, uh, you know, it is a new year. It's 2020, right? Uh, clear vision mo- moving forward. Um, what's, what's new with you, Jay? Uh, any new watches uh, since the new year or, or anything? It's March, you know, by the way, so... How yeah. crazy is it? How crazy is that? Not it's already only 2020, but we're we're 30. You know, we're we're in there, man. Yeah, two March. months down, man. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, everything's good so far. You know, just um, trying to stay busy. A little bit of a market, kind of uh, secondary market low right now, which we'll get into in a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything's good. Just uh, just ticking. You know. Um, yeah. Well, you got a dog. Walk. Yeah, I got a uh, got a dog, Broly. Go check out the, uh, yeah. the Instagram. She's on there. And uh, she's the best. underscore watches, which I mentioned before. But, yeah, she's a cutie. Um, mm-hmm. She's three-quarter English bulldog and a quarter beagle. So, you know, she's a looker. Yeah, um, she's gorgeous. She's, she's awesome. She's a, you know, she's a rescue, so she's a little skittish of, of new people. But she warms up pretty quick. And uh, She hasn't warmed up to me I, yet. I've only, I've only seen her twice, though. She, well, she runs fair, away from me. I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a little bit of a... I'm I'm the opposite of Jay in person. <laughs> You're yeah, a little bit more subdued. I'm crazy. That hence why my dogs are are completely insane. Lunatics, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're they're cute regardless. But um, that's true. Yeah, no no real watches. I I officially ordered an LHD. Oh, um, did you? Through Tudor, so I'm just waiting on that. And, you know, knew I wanted one for a little while. You know, so went that's ahead awesome. and pulled the trigger Congrats. on that. And, yeah, but no, nothing too crazy. You know, no Smurf yet. No, not yet. Well, that'll that'll come maybe next year. We'll we'll see what we'll see what kind of year we both have. Maybe we'll both be wearing uh, some uh, maybe we should some precious we metal should celebrate pants. Celebrate by matching matching prezies. Yeah, hey, listen, man. I would love to like a yellow a yellow dial yellow gold forty uh, date eight forty right now would be woo baby that'd be beautiful. Just <laughs> listening in the South Florida sun. Yeah, right. Well, that would that could be a celebration of something that's happened in my life pretty soon too. So I don't know, but uh, cool. Well, so uh, I mean, I've I bought some new watches. I guess, I, like I said, I I got the the forty three or the forty two Explorer. So you have the white dial, I have the black dial. So maybe next time we're in person, if we get on camera, we can we can sport uh, you know different dial colors in the same watch. So I got that yeah. watch. Obviously, I got the Helios. What else have I gotten? Um, Oh, I got. I guess I got. Uh, when did I get my two thirty three? I might have got that last year. Now, wow! If I've had no, that I think four you, months, I think you wore that on the last when it was show. on the orange strap. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I got that in December. Yeah, I think I just actually I received it in Philly. I had it shipped to Philly, um, which was awesome. Okay, yeah, so yeah, right. so there you go. Yeah. The watch collection is crazy. I mean, then I got a bunch of stuff here and there, man. I'm always I'm always searching eBay and looking for guys who want to trade and do things like that. So um, my watch collection is bonkers. Now it's probably more than it needs to be. Um, uh, in terms of personally, uh, obviously, like I'm, you know, in Florida full time. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and we, our baby will be due in about four weeks now, which is completely insane. Crazy uh, to think of, man. From from day one to now, and think it's mm-hmm. only four more weeks. Obviously, I'm not, you know, dealing with the every day and seeing oh, yeah. seeing your wife every day, but. Just crazy to think, for me at least, how quickly it went. I'm sure it didn't go as quickly for you guys. Oh, it's it's but. crazy. So, you know, I won't get into too much, but obviously we had some problems getting pregnant. So, you know, I always tell my wife, I go, you know, she's thinking, oh, we only have four week, four more weeks. And I'm thinking to myself, just remember when we didn't think we can get pregnant. So, like, yeah. you know, it's it's crazy how life works. So we're it's so, a blessing for us, and we're, I mean, I could not be happier. Right? I, I just could not be happier, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, and I'm having a little baby girl, and she'll be due in, uh, the first week in April, and then... We'll see what happens after that. You know, I certainly won't be in Philadelphia for a few week, for a few months after that. You know. Yeah, you're gonna need a little uh, 26 millimeter date just uh, for yeah. those photos when she's uh, yeah. like six months old. That's a good idea. Maybe. Uh, yeah, because uh, well, we were gonna get the, I was gonna get the wife a push present present to uh, get her a date just, but we ter- we decided to upgrade her ring, so that's already been done. So that budget's nice. been 
Yeah, that butt, that butt just was she's busted. Still, so. uh, she's still loving her uh, Ballon Blue. Yeah, the Cartier, that's her That's her go-to. She has that and a Grand Seiko, and that's kind of... Luckily, she's not a, like a flashy-type woman, and, and she doesn't really ask for too much, so, you know, I, I'm the one who gets to buy all the watches. Yeah, well, uh, so, I, so not nothing too crazy, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I started uh, dating a new girl, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, and her uh, first question to me about watches was whether or not uh, she should get an Apple Watch. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, uh, my dear, we, we work with stuff a little bit deeper than that. But uh, Oh, man, you know, that's funny. Well, every, that's good. You know, it's good. It's uh, useful. I'm not spending blue money, so. No, hell no. But, uh, so did, did you get her one? No, nah, not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, cool, man. Awesome. We, yeah, not that long. Um, right. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations, by the way. But, uh, yeah, man, it's cool. I can't wait to, to meet the baby, and I'm going to be down South Florida, uh, you know, what is it, mid-May, so mm-hmm. probably, uh, you know, be nice and fresh. Hell right yeah. out of the yeah. oven. That's right. Yeah, can't wait, man. But, um, all right, well, enough about us. It's boring talk. Uh, let's let's <laughs> get, talk about some watches. So They're like, where are the watches, man? Shut up. It, yeah, shut the hell up. Let's hear about the watches. So, uh, I mean, so you and I are working for, I guess, the largest watch selling organization probably or at least pre-owned on the planet in terms of uh units and maybe even dollars i don't even know and uh you know we see so many watch trades every single day we we get to we have our you know kind of our finger on the pulse in terms of the market and we're pricing out trade watches purchasing and selling on on a daily basis seeing all these types of offers and everything so in 2020 we're dealing with a few things in terms of the economy the economy has been great for the last three years uh we've had a few little hiccups recently so you know what why don't you kind of give me an idea from sitting in that office you know what what's the feeling about uh about you know say like this week in watches and then kind of what are what are people thinking about the future is inventory piling up or kind of all that stuff yeah man so it's it's kind of interesting you know we obviously go through our uh you know ebbs and flows all the time and that's the, that's the market right we're always watching what's happening um just to kind of be the authority globally of what's happening in, in, in the space. And usually you see a couple hundred dollars here and there, fluctuations on, you know, popular models, and that's not a big deal. Maybe $1,000 once we start talking about stuff that's $20,000 and $30,000 watches, the fluctuations can be $1,000. Start talking about watches that are $100,000, the fluctuations are tens of thousands of dollars, right? right? And then, you know, from on, you know, from there on. So I just had a... Uh, 5250G, uh, the first um, advanced research piece uh, offered to me, and, um, you know, it's been about two months of going back and forth from the first offer uh, was, you know, $30,000 over what we just had to offer yesterday on the watch, and that's Mm. uh, unfortunate, but also shows you the severity of, like, how quickly something in that price point can move. Yeah. and that's, you know, there's a lot of things going on, right? Stock market's kind of in the toilet um, right now and very shaky. It's gone back up and come back down. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody that's listening to this has some, you know, some money in the stock market or, or has thought about it. And it's, you know, obviously worth keeping an eye on. Um, you know, I, I know you and I both both do. Um, so it yeah. definitely impacts the, the luxury spending aspect. So, um Similarly, you know, we got the, this coronavirus going around. Uh, mm-hmm. Big scare, kind of the market's kind of not, un, you know, the Asia market is a huge part of what we do. Right. And not only sourcing, but also customer base and collectors and traveling. So all of that stuff's kind of on, on a hiatus, uh, along with people worried about, you know, long-term money. So I will say, um, you know, ever since, uh, I would say going back about four years or so, this is probably about as slow as I've been in the last four years. On um, uh, a personal basis, you mean, in terms yeah, of, like, in terms buying of and selling? like, transacting. And it's not because the markets, okay. you know, it's not because people don't want the watches. It's that either guys are holding off on selling because of what they're getting right now, and, they, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to weather it out. Or guys that do have the money are waiting for the crash. You know, that's a big thing, too. I talked to a couple of collectors that are you know, getting ready to pull the trigger on something, and now that they see some, some unease in the market, they're like, well, we'll just wait a week. We'll wait 10 days because, you know, I might be able to pick it up for 20% less. 
You know? hmm. So just, yeah, that makes just sense. like any any bubble that you see that that might be about to pop or any situation that's kind of on the horizon. You know, if you're a smart mm-hmm. investor, if you've, if you've got the cash, you're kind of watching what's happening and waiting to react. You know. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess so. Uh, so I mean, I'm seeing obviously somewhat of that of the same type of scenario happening. Obviously, the coronavirus is. I mean, my personal opinion is that you know the coronavirus, well, the, the was it COVID nineteen, is it might. Be, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, uh, but it seems like there might be some sensationalism there. I mean, I know that you know tens of thousands of people die from the flu every year, right? Worldwide, right. that's just that's a, that's a fact. It's not reported on. It's not like it's a it's a worldwide epidemic that we're all crying about and it's gone crazy. I know that a few people have died from this like less like, like a few hundred people it looks like have have succumbed to the uh, to the coronavirus and you know not to buy into the propaganda or one way or the other but it seems like there might be you know it's not maybe as as terrible as people say it is it seems like you know it, the people who are actually dying uh, tend to be a little bit older and already have some you know uh, respiratory issues that are compromised. Obviously, it's absolutely terrible that this happens, but I, I mean, obviously, anything like this show pops up, you want to make sure you be very cautious about it. But in terms of it hurting the markets, it's it's a little bit. It seems like it might be a little bit overblown. And, and I'll put it this way, right? So, like everybody looks at the stock market um, as a determining factor of the of you know how strong the economy is, which probably. And I've talked to again. I, I'm not an economist, obviously, but I I have spoken to some really? some people, some clients. Yeah. <laughs> some clients uh, who are much more qualified to talk about this stuff, and they said, you know, listen, I, you know, stock market's only one th- one part of it, right? And that's it's due mostly to confidence, right? The, uh, the buying and sure. the selling. You, if you you watch any of these MSNBCs or Fox Business or anything, and they say, well, why are these people selling? The answer is we don't know, right? So uh, one thing that that at least for the U.S. economy is a big determining factor is is imports and shipping, right? So you know that I've gotten into that business over the summer. I, I ended up buying some freight trucks, and I had those out on the road, and they're being dispatched here and there. And seeing the the, it's almost like a, its own little stock market. Seeing the rates go up and down, and you know these are this is essentially the lifeblood for all of landlocked America is, is this trucking. So when when things are not being imported, uh, like for example, when there was the, um, the the trade war with China, which certainly affected things. You know the the rates. There was not nothing, or much less was being imported. Less things were uh, less uh, items were being shipped across the United States. We saw rates go way down because there was nothing to ship, and there was a lot of you know trucks sitting around. So like that that is one thing that I look at as well as the stock market. But right now, even with the last say month of or two months of this uh, of the coronavirus, and you know worrying about about global economies and people, uh, you know not shipping things in and out of China. We're still seeing high rates, lots of lots of um, uh, lots of cargo, lots of freight being shipped across. So I'd say in that regard, it seems like it's pretty strong, you know. And that's 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 a large. I mean, if you if you look at uh, or if you talk to uh, people who know about these things, you know the the um, uh, like freight is one of the largest uh, sectors of the economy. I so, gotta say that that's probably like one of the most. Uh, like politically de- de- reflective, like you're like if you talk to people that know about these things, <laughs> that's that was yeah. a very politician. Like re- you know, I'm just gonna reflect. Yeah, well, answer Thanos no, 2020. I mean, Thanos yeah. in Maine 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, I- I'm cool with running for vice president. I just, I'll do less. I'll just in the background. <laughs> I'll be the guy. Although with Twitter. with you, I feel like I have to run around putting fires out. So I don't know. Oh, oh dude, I'm setting all the fires. But so in terms of like. <laughs> that was a long-winded rant that that says basically I don't <laughs> see don't I don't see yeah. right well obviously we don't know but I don't see a like a catastrophe I don't see the economy dying or whatever there's going to be ebbs and flows and and honestly like you know you saw before this like the last four years or so of like this crazy uptick of of just watches just keep steadily going up you you saw ebbs and flows you know every brand had would have a good year have a bad year you know there'd be good months and bad months and things like that so I think it's more of a normalization, right? So like, but you know, some people are, have gotten used to things going up because you know, say newbies, people yeah. got into this in the last two years, they see Rolex prices dipping 
you know, uh, a little bit, and they, they panic. And they go, what do you mean? Rolex is not supposed to dip. It's like, dude, you right. weren't here well, just five years ago. Or, or talk to a guy like Manjos, who's been doing this for, like, 25 years. It's like, sure. like you're, well, it's, you're it's out of your mind. You, yeah, it's funny you bring up Mike, because I, I was about to tell you, I mean, we just had this, he and I just had this conversation uh, two days ago mm-hmm. um, about, you know, newer people in, in the space freaking out. Um, yeah about Rolex and about, you know, the kind of the, how things move. And it's funny because, uh, if you've just gotten into this in the last five years, like that's the norm, like researching a watch because you think it's an investment and it's going to hold and it'll never mm-hmm. fall. Like that's become the norm over the last three years. And yep. it's just never been the case before. Like there's no. pieces that have always been strong. But traditionally, and I've been doing this for 15 years, I know you've been do- doing it long, you know, you were around before the boom. Um, right, I'm doing it, like, I guess know, I'm about seven years in. Seven years, so I mean, definitely had, you know, five years of solid experience in before kind of mm-hmm. this boom. But, you know, we, it used to be that, like, you had the conversation with the guy, and he was like, I think this watch is cool because this, and it's something that he really wanted, and then, you know, the, the secondary value was never the primary reason for purchasing. Now right. you get a lot of guys that, you know, I get guys every day that, that text me that want to start becoming dealers because they see people making <laughs> money flipping watches, and they're texting me asking me if this date just that they can get from their dealer is flippable, or like, should I buy this, should I buy this 34 millimeter date just, is it flippable? It's like, dude, you're, you're too late, like, you're too late to the party. If you can get the watch, like, it's not flippable at this point, you know, right. and um, yeah, you know, if, you're, if you've never bought anything from your AD years that you're competing with that have an infrastructure, like you're not all of a sudden going to walk in and find the watch that you can flip, you know. No, but and I mean, you, I mean, listen, there's so, but, there's opportunities out there, of course, no, just like anything else. Well, these guys are like that, Bitcoin but, billionaires, is how they yeah. Uh, they I get be. that, but my point is, is that it's sparked this whole like that guy doesn't care about watches. It's sparked this whole mm-hmm. like entrepreneurial like well, there's money here. You know, and you see the guys that are on, you know, the Facebook ads and stuff talking about, you can make money flipping watches, and, and you know, it's just... It's, it's a conspiracy, watch conspiracy, yeah. <laughs> it's funny to see, but, like, you know, it's it's sad, too, at the same time, because it's kind of taken things, this thing that we love, and, you know, the, the watches that we love to wear, and turned it into, like, this kind of this joke, you know? Um, I guess. But, I mean, I look at it a different way, right? So, like, I, I look at it, like... Because like, I don't, I don't take it too seriously, and I understand. Like you, you are absolutely right. What everything you're saying is correct. But I look, I like to look at it like this. And this is, I, it, you know, you can make a different analogies. So, like for example, like Bitcoin. Bitcoin went crazy, and Ed, there's a ton of people who got into Bitcoin just because they thought they could buy it and make money, right? And there's, mm-hmm. there's say millions upon millions of people got into Bitcoin. They would, they don't even really understand it or whatever. But now Bitcoin is down, and there's, but people, there's still people who understand Bitcoin now, right? So like it exposed. The idea of blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies Currency, yeah. to to everybody. So then, like, there's going to be a residual there. So, like, the people who uh, who will understand and be comfortable with a cryptocurrency, there's way more of those people now than there were what in 2017 when it went up to 20,000, right? Right. Before that. So, and the same thing. Like, this is the best. This is the best analogy I like to make, right? So, like, 2010, LeBron comes to the Miami Heat, right? And you know, I'm a huge Miami Heat fan. I have been since probably like 2003, since Dwayne Wade was uh, was drafted. I became a, a huge fan. It was a whole story. But, um, but so 2010, LeBron comes to Miami, and uh, Miami's known as like kind of being like a, a bad sports town. Like we're very bandwagony, whatever, whatever. Right. So LeBron, the best player possibly ever to play the game, decides to come, picks our city, and comes and gives us the best, the most amazing four years of all time. Right. So, like, we had basically what the Bulls had uh, with Jordan is what kind of what, you know, similar to what we had with uh, with LeBron, Dwayne, and, and Bosh. And, you know, we were harassed for being bad fans, leaving early, all these things. But what it did was it it created a hardcore fan base of people uh, of people who really cared about the brand, uh, about, the, about the, uh, the team, right? So now LeBron leaves and the team stinks, but there's a residual effect that, a lot right. of there's now the fan base has just grown, right? So now there's, uh, it, it, so all the bandwagon people they're going to leave, but there's always going to be some people left over. So the the fan base has grown, and now, like for since since LeBron left, the you see our attendance, uh, you see even now right now like we have a, a, an awesome team that's that's um, uh, exceeding expectations, and you have like 
uh, a rabid fan base, and you know now we're known as being one of the best fan bases as opposed to one of the shittiest fan bases. So well, we, we the, the analogy an there. Sports podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I, listen, I, I, I watch every single. I watch every single Heat game. I luckily I get to interact with some NBA players, which is super cool for me. So I'd love so. to do that. Or maybe if we can get <laughs> one of my one of my NBA friends to get on. Uh, the That'd podcast, which I know at least one who would be interested in it, but we'll we'll All see right, if we so can finish, if finish we can your analogy. Keep it I, I apologize. So for yeah, so no worries. A, 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 in in typical Thanos fashion, everything's long winded. So uh, the analogy I'm making is that so you see the boom in in, in Rolex Paddock and AP and, and Swiss watches in general, and what it did was it shed light and it exposed the uh, uh, the idea of collecting Swiss watches to millions upon millions of more people that who had never even thought about it. Right. So like. Right. When I started in the industry seven years ago, I knew two watches, two watch brands, Rolex and Tag Heuer. I don't even know how to pronounce Tag Heuer, right? I'm like a Heuer, whatever, whatever, right? So those are the two brands I knew. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's 15-year-old kids who know what Patek Philippe, Audemars Piguet is. They right. know, uh, they, I mean, there's even kids who know what FP Journe is now because of social media. So what I'm saying is the, the, we put up with the shitty you know, flippers who think that they're doing this to make money. But in the end, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, the market is just is going to remain larger. And that's the point I'm making. So it's, I know it's a long-winded point to make, but yeah. I think – I look at it like this. It's only good. Even though we got to deal with these these guys really? who call in and yeah, yeah. Like people no, send I us get, emails, yeah. hey, I'd like to get a 5711. It's like, dude, it's like, come on, bro. Get out of here. No, it makes but 15 sense. years I mean, from now, so we're going to have a lot more is, All you're doing is you know, uh, exposing the market to, to more eyes. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know the, the the people that benefit from that the most are the people that you know the people that have the most to gain are the people that were there at first. Um, so that's why you get all these guys that are like, oh well, you know, screw it, I'll sell because I'm, I'm cashing out of this, you know, and I'll go find the next cool thing. But um, right. you know, at the end of the day, like you said, there's going to be a bigger market because of what happened. People are going to look back, just like uh, you know, to use your analogy, like I we were both Heat fans prior to the big three. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was more about Wade and, you know, even before that. And afterwards, you know, you have this entire generation of kids that grew up and got, got to see, you know, their their city, their team win these championships and see how, you know, their team in the glory, right? So mm-hmm. now you have a lifelong fan, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the same thing you're going to get with Rolex, with Paddock, with AP. And, and then the fact that, like, Instagram exists and you can search – you know, you can search certain hashtags and you can find out about new brands every day and, and like brands like Helios and all these things. So like, it's only going to be good for the watch market. I think that there's more buyers than there ever has been before now. And, you know, the catalyst for that was, you know, the idea that people can make money because that's, that's, that's a, that's a huge, um, uh, it, it, that is a compelling reason to get into any type of hobby is that, Hey, I, there's a chance I can get rich quick. Sure. Right. So you don't have to do much to convince people to, to get on board when that's po- the possibility. And, yeah, when, when things cool off and, like, say there is a massive drop in, in the value of watches and these things aren't, there's no chance to make any money on it, there's still going to be, say, you know, there was a 300 or 400% increase in, in the amount of watch buyers uh, since in the last four years, and then things cool off and you lose, say, half of those. Well, you still had a 200% increase, and that's that's the point I'm making. So yeah. I look at it, again, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist when it comes to this. So, and I don't, it, those guys don't really bother me too much. There's there's flippers here and there. There's people who think that they know better than you. That there's always going to be those people. So uh, I put up with those guys. I hope that, that, you know, when things cool off, they end up, you know, in some sort of career that allows them to afford to still buy these things and they can still enjoy them. Yeah, and I also like to think of the fact that, like, there's, just like real estate or anything else, like, there's probably guys who, you know, bought into watches really well, uh, you know, 10 years ago, ended up selling them in this boom, and then maybe, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years from now, they come back and they buy the same watch, and they, you know, they netted all that cash, and they buy it for what they originally bought it for, you know, just like real estate or anything like yeah. that, so we'll yeah, see, but nice. I, I think, you know, you're probably on some kind of, there's there's new, uh, you know, new blood born into it because of this boom, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's... I don't think anybody's going anywhere long term. If you're a watch guy, you're a watch guy. Just like if you're, you know, into any of the hobbies. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, so I guess the next topic that I wanted to talk to you about was I guess it's in in the same vein as the coronavirus, but we see like there's no Basel this year, no SIHH, and Watches and Wonders have been has been all canceled, right? I honestly think that like the whole Swiss watch industry is like kind of grateful for the coronavirus. 
Because it's like, mm-hmm. we, everybody kind of wanted to cancel these events already. Because <laughs> and this just gave them an excuse to do it. And it's, you know, yeah. and they're getting pushed off and closed and put together. And do we really want to do this? You know, all these brands for the last couple of years have been like, well, we'll do our own event across the river on a boat. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, so you know what? This virus came along. You know, it's not our fault. We have to cancel everything. Um, yeah. But honestly, well, it's, a, I mean, yeah, it's a great, it's a blessing in disguise, right? It's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's bittersweet because, you know, it's a tradition, but it's also, uh, you know, one that doesn't really need to exist anymore. Like you said, with social media, with Instagram, with all of these uh, every brand having their own PR advertising agency now. Um, you know, the brands back in the day with, with Basel, for those of you that don't, you know, really know, back in the day, it was an ordering show. You traveled there, you met with the brand for five minutes, you put your order in for the year, you shook everybody's hands, everybody's on good terms, see you next year, have a great day. You know? But right. now, everything's yeah. done electronically, everything's done through email or computer systems or whatnot. Um, or even, I guess, depending on how small the brand is, sometimes text messages. But, um, sure. you know, it's it's really well, just technology a is, uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I, so I look at, yeah, so I, I think I look at it the same way. But, it, well, that is an interesting, I hadn't thought about it, that, that the brands themselves are looking at it like a blessing. And that does make sense to me now. Um, but, you know, the way I see it is that, yeah, it's the same way you do. Like, uh, I think everybody agrees that these brands, the, these large extravagant shows where people have to fly all the way to Switzerland, and, yeah, it's a party, it's a lot of fun, but it's a huge expense, especially for, you know, dealers who are not selling a lot of these new watches. Right. Anything but Rolex, Paddock, and AP is not really selling well through retail anyways. So, like, what's the point? And I'd say that the only the only thing that you're missing if you don't go to these shows, say if they just release, if they just release all the new releases via their Instagram accounts or Twitter or whatever or on their website, the one thing you're missing is getting your hands on the watches, which is very important. But the way I see it is, it would probably be less expensive anyways, is to have basically trunk shows. So go, you know, these brands should be, uh, you know, going to major cities. Maybe they do a worldwide tour. So they go Los Angeles, uh, whatever, if they're going to go Houston, Texas, or Dallas or something like that. Maybe Chicago, Miami, New York in the U.S. Then, you know, they just travel around having these trunk shows so people can get their hands on the watches because they've already op- they've already opened up both the SIHH and Basel to you know everybody oh, used yeah. to be dealers only right now they're open to public so why not have you know do a three-month tour where there's some anticipation you know they're going to come they're going to do you know in certain boutiques across the across the world they're going to showcase their new product so you can get your yeah. hands on it you can like you know have somebody who actually knows about it so because getting your hands on the product is very important i agree 100 you gotta but you gotta think too like these brands spend millions of dollars on those on those you know shop shops at Boston. yeah like those boots that yeah. they build are they they're legitimately oh. like millions of dollars so if anybody thinks doing anything in switzerland could be cheap at all you're absolutely wrong so right. you could probably just reallocate those funds and do what we're talking about and just do like trunk shows and do like private showings or whatever it may be to get your get the product in the hands of the dealers as well as the customers. But otherwise, you just release everything online. You have better you control hire, over it. You hire. I mean, you you allocate two B level executives in the company enough to be trusted with the product, but but you know not necessarily top level people. And you know you uh, you have two or three people traveling the country and meeting with uh, big shops. I think that's probably an excellent. You know, yeah. or even doing like. You know, some Makes some type sense. of red bar event or something that's already set up, and you're yeah. just the sponsored guest or something. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the infrastructure pro- basically already exists, like you said, with the red bars and different watch clubs, and and having there's boutiques that still exist, and I mean that's another thing. You know, I think that the the idea of selling watches at a boutique is is so outdated at this point. You know, having people like boutique staff, nobody's going to these brands or these boutiques to learn about the watches anymore you can learn everything you need to know from watching a tim masso video right and plus more you need to go to the boutique maybe to try it on and then go home and order it you know have it shipped to your house make it a a, 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 you know you talk about you know these brands talk about like luxury experience oh it needs to be luxury yeah there's nothing more uh uh convenient or luxurious than having this watch delivered to your door door door-to-door service and the idea that it's not Right, exactly, and maybe maybe with more higher end, <laughs> exactly, or maybe with the higher end pieces that cost more, where there's more margin, anyways. You know, maybe you have it, you know, hand delivered or whatever it may be. But the point is that you know, like the the whole brand, the whole idea of of 
you know, kind of the industry structure, the industry, yeah, the structure of this industry needs to be reworked. In fact, I did a, a podcast with our friends from Scottish Watches, and then we kind of discussed this topic exactly. Um, and that was my opinion. That still is. So, yeah, just for any, yeah. for anybody, like, just to kind of frame it in your minds, when's the last time you bought something from Best Buy? Right. You know? When's the last time? <laughs> you'll so, go and look at the TV there, but sure I'm always that ordering the TV it online. looks nice, you know? But then you mm-hmm. go home and you you search for the best price and you order it online and you have it delivered to your house or you go on Amazon. Like there's that's right. why all these companies Amazon you know, Toys for fifteen dollars cheaper. So you know Barnes and Noble, Toys R Us, Best Buy. That's why all these you know all these companies are facing problems. And same thing with watch boutiques, which is you know why I'm flabbergasted by some of these brands going completely you know vertical. But mm-hmm. um, you know it, it's inevitable. It's only that working for Rolex. With, with Rolex is the only one that's. That's making it work. Yeah, I mean, like with technology, but Rolex is not, you know, they have all of their, their, you know, they're making it work because they're the best at what they do. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they're not completely vertical. They're not the sole source. You know, they have, the, no, no, they have their dealers, There's they no have their juice. network. Rolex is probably the only one that's completely comfortable with, you know, outsourcing all of that stuff because they're too big. Yeah. So, but if, well, but if in the, the 2020. The threat of losing them. Yeah, it'll bankrupt some, de- you know, it'll bankrupt you know, a lot of dealers, but the threat, you know, if in 2020, you don't think that the threat of like the internet and like e-commerce is, is a real thing, then, you know, you're, then again, you know, our Swiss friends are not always the most up to times, you know? Yeah. They're not forward thinking. A lot of times you're right about that, but whatever, it'll work out. So, all right, man. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's, I think it's a good overview. I guess the next topic, uh, that I just want to kind of touch on and maybe we'll make a whole show out of this next time will be, you know, what are you hoping for? Uh, I would say from Basel, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. So just from the brands themselves, like from Rolex and Paddock uh, or any other brands, what do you kind of – what do you think is going to happen? What are you hoping for? You know, I guess let's let's try to do like a, just a few minutes on that. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I have some things that I'm hoping for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of low end and got some thing, you know, uh, selfishly so because I want the watches. But uh, mm-hmm. I got some things that I'm hoping for uh, for the market. Um, you know, I think uh, primarily some of the things that I've been most interested in recently are Jorn and uh, Longue, which uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of the opposite of where I would have been two years ago even, uh, worrying about Rolex and Paddock. Um, but fundamentally, like, Jorn and Longue are what's driving my business right now so it kind of makes sense if you think about it like small business owner that's what you pay attention to um sure so i don't know i'm excited to see uh obviously what releases um i would love to see something from Longe that you know while the odysseus has kind of grown on me a little bit and i haven't seen one in person yet but i'm just being saturated Ah. with it and it's kind of like all right it's it's cool like it's not super horrible um it's gone from like Initially, I was like, "What is that?" And I gotta see it, but I'm, just, but I don't really like it. To now, I actually want to see one. And, you know, I'm kind of, kind of, I'm not on board. But what I would love to see them do is, is honestly like a cool alternative metal piece that's not steel. Like I'm not saying you necessarily have to take a, you know, tantalum case, but something like that. It's not quite precious metal. You know, they have their honey gold. Titanium. I don't. You know, they have their honey gold, which is their own proprietary, uh, you know, whatever it is, patented mix of. Uh, what people think is palladium and, and gold, um, but I mean, if you did something yeah. like that with like a mix of titanium and like and you know call it whatever titanium and ceramic or titanium and you know I don't even know if that's possible, but I would like to see them do something kind of cool um, to to well, make you could themselves do trash tanium like yeah, Hanarai. just make themselves you know young like <laughs> young and fresh or at least put one watch in somebody's um, you know in the younger generation's eyesight. Um, I don't know, man. The uh, the Odysseus for me just kind of felt like the first longer that was a reaction to the market, which is kind of was my disappointment with it. it. Just felt like the first time they ever tried to answer to somebody. Um, but other yeah. than that, you know, like Jorn's exciting. No matter what he does, it's going to be amazing. I would love to see uh, you know the the Cenograph come back to the forty millimeter case, um, you know, and maybe something different, a different dial or something like that. Um, I would I'd love to see a complicated elegante i think that would be sick mm. uh you know maybe like a quartz perpetual calendar or something like that well, it has a complication right but i, I want like a perpetual calendar a sleep mode <laughs> okay like how cool well, i got one be? of those i have one yeah me too it's an aerospace 
<laughs> but uh, you know, if, if that complication existed in in a in an elegante where you know it still had that sleep mode, but it was a full perpetual calendar, like how awesome would that be? Yeah, um, I could see that stuff happening. That, or you know, actually, I couldn't, but um, you know, I want a. Uh, I ordered. I mentioned earlier in this episode. I ordered an LHD. I'd love to see a OD green version of that watch come out, which I've been calling for for a year or two. <laughs> Uh, selfishly, yeah. you know, there's some stuff that they kind of have on the back burner, but I don't know. I mean, in, in terms of, I guess I haven't really thought about Rolex as much, because, uh, you know, whatever they come out with, they're going to come out with, and it's going to do well. Um, it's just really kind of speculation. Everybody's saying, you know, the, the new sub uh, is finally coming, which we've been hearing for the last four or five years. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. I hear the same rumors that the Hulk's being discontinued, which, again, we've heard for four or five years. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. How about you? I mean, is there anything that you're kind of, you know, calling now or, or hoping for, fingers um, crossed? Or Well, I can tell you, very funnily, a guy, as from a guy who sits in, the, in, in probably the epicenter of with the most watches probably anywhere else besides maybe the, the Longines factory, uh, that's where you sit. I uh, I've actually seen the Odysseus in person, and the watch is amazing. It, like it, I don't know if it gets better. Like I, I well, I know that my idea f- when I first saw it was, what the hell is this, or what the fuck is this? Um, and you know, what a joke. This is a this is you know the Van Gogh watch, right. and then it went it went to all right, it's not that bad. And then hearing people saying that they liked it, and then seeing it in person, it's like oh wow. These guys know exactly what they're doing. And, and yeah, I, I think it's funny because we had this conversation last year with Manjos about how uh, um, Longa would never do a steel sport watch because it's not, it's not what they do. Right. That's what he said, right? And he's a big, he's a huge Longa fan. That's what he does. He's probably sold more Longas than anyone else on the planet, right? And uh, I know he just bought a crap ton of them. Um, and, uh, but I think they, they did it in true Longa fashion. Like, the watch is absolutely fantastic. So... Um, I would like to see, yeah, some maybe even expand that line, you know, do a few different things with Odysseus. But um, in terms of Rolex, I think a Coke GMT uh, on an Oyster okay. in steel would be. I think that that that's most likely coming. I think that will also kill you think destroy bring the, the market back for the GMT. I think they will, uh, but I could be wrong. But so if they do that, they would destroy the market for the. Uh, for the Batman, because the Pepsi and the Coke will both I think, dominate. I think uh, one easy, one really easy one to do, and uh, makes a lot of sense to me, is a root beer on a Jubilee two-tone, and then with some kind of differential dial. Like, if they were to bring back nipple markers on a new generation dial with a Jubilee, yeah, I think that watch would kill. But, well, I don't see them making... I, I can definitely see them putting it a, two, a two-tone Jubilee root beer without a doubt I can see that happening yeah. um, I don't know if they would change the dial as well I don't see Rolex uh, making that kind of massive change I can see them like, doing like a change, different color font you know like they do on some of the sea dwellers and stuff like that to just differentiate but you know maybe you know the uh, two tone 43 has the gold sea dwellers instead of the red something similar to that but mm-hmm. maybe not to the extreme of nipple markers which is you know very iconic to the yeah. root beer but I think it would be easy uh-huh. enough. They already produced the Jubilee. They already produced the watch. Like, let's make it in two-tone. Bam, you're good. You know? Um. Yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, then I would say I'd like to see an update on the Explorer 2. I can definitely see them putting a ceramic bezel on that watch. It makes sense. Yeah. I've, um, I've I seen see the renderings. Easy update. I don't know how, as an owner yeah, of, the, we, of the Polar, I don't know how I feel about that. But I guess it would make mine rarer, right? Worth more. Exactly. So. so there you go. So selfishly, you want that to happen, and then um, well, then what if I want that paddock, one too? Then I'm screwed. Well, yeah. Then you're just like every other guy yeah. chasing hype. That's that's how it goes. Um, and then uh, let's say for paddock. Well, I've heard some. You think it's too early for a, for a Daytona refresh? Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I mean, the, well, the Daytona came out. The new Daytona came out in 2016. Yeah. But it's been four years. I could see them doing something with like the one one six five zero lines. You know, they're they're extremely hot right now. But if you did something a different dial, maybe on an Oyster Flex, um, I don't know. But well, I could see the, an Oyster Flex sub would be there's a there's a there's a million different things that that Rolex can do. Um, Paddock, I've heard rumors that they're gonna make they're going to be making a forty two millimeter Nautilus, like a fifty eight uh, eleven. Okay. Type watch, um, I could see that happening. I don't know. 
I, th- I could see that. I I personally believe that they're going to be making more like dress watches because that's kind of what they want anyways. Instead of right. instead of creating more hype with from. their yeah something like that. And then uh, from the rest of the market, I mean, we'll sh- we're just going to see. You think? I mean, I, I honestly I don't really have too many expectations. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we see something out of that fifty five twenty two case, like a, something different out of that. Yeah, I could see expanding that line. Yeah, maybe a different the dial. Steel, the steel the Calatrava. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're steel pilots, I mean. Yeah, I think that would be nice. I mean, I'll, I'll, I like that watch. It's it's uh, it's ugly and pretty at the same time, and that's kind of the stuff that I it's, like anyway. It's so. a, in person, it's way better than on, on computer, I can tell you that. Online? Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, but I mean, still, like, even in, even in person, it's not that amazing. Like, there's many more, there's many amazing patterns yeah. that I would take over that watch, but um, especially for the marketplace, but... All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll save the rest of our opinions, I guess, for like a full a full um, pre Basel or yeah. pre No Basel show. What you didn't see huh. at Basel, which nobody saw. Right. Which <laughs> Basel's dead, and here's the watches. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool, man. So, <laughs> I guess this this would be our first episode. We're running on uh, about fifty two minutes. So let's yeah, uh, we'll try to wrap it up before the end of the hour. Yeah. But um, all right. Cool. I think this this worked out well. This might be a new format for us. We'll we'll try our best to, um, we'll have to see what the feedback to see if we can is. get this rolling. Absolutely, and I guess so. Uh, in parting words, I'd say you know follow us on on our personal Instagrams. I'm at Mr. Thanos. You're at Evo underscore Watches. Um, you could f- uh, give us a phone call. Uh, my phone number nine five four six one zero nine two six four. You could always call or text me there. Talk about watches. Yeah, mine's, Jay. Uh, you have a cell phone number? Yeah, absolutely. Nine five four two six one four seven one two. Gotcha. Okay, and I my my email address. I think I have. 20 of them, but I think I have uh, Jay Thanos at WBG Corporate. Uh, I think it's watch, yeah, WBG Corporate, yeah, watchboxglobalcorporate.com. And yours is, is it Jason M? Or? Yeah, it's Jason M at WBG Corporate. So, uh, or you can do uh, Jason M at thewatchbox.com. Just okay. text me. Yeah, I, I probably have a bunch of different. Yeah, just, just text te- us. Yeah, best way to go. <laughs> um, also, subscribe on, on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on, if you're not uh, on every uh, platform. If you're you not can following Tim Mosso on Instagram, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, Tim, you're making Tim, the biggest mistake. Yeah, of your Tim, life. Tim uh, tags us on his post, and it's uh, one of the funnest parts of my day is when I get those tags from Tim, so I can see what he posts. Oh yeah, well, Tim posts three or four watches every day, yeah, and he crazy. does like he one minute bunch of content. You know, Oh, his hands-on reviews are unbelievable, and our well, the the company Instagram is up to like, or no, Tim's Instagram is up to like twenty-eight thousand subscribers, and that's just organic, no no promotion or anything. I think our company Instagram is like over a hundred thousand. Yeah. Do we have a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers yet? I know we were getting close. Uh, I don't know. I read since they took us off the air, I think a lot of people boycotted. Yeah. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jay. I appreciate. Yeah, it was you, awesome uh, uh, you, touching you base again, today. and uh, maybe we do episode two soon. All right, sounds good, bro. Talk to you later.